Welcome, folks, to Bomb Boot Camp, providing some basic Christian principles to help build disciples for the cause of Christ. So, Jesus, let's talk about him. Throughout the millennia of mankind, there have been many debates as to the existence of God. In general, does he exist or not? However, few people question the existence of Jesus. They really do. Instead, the debate concerning Jesus is not really whether he exists or not, but rather who he was or who is he. Now, many skeptics of Jesus claim that they know he was a man and a prominent moral teacher, a lot of evidence for that, but he was not God. Well, C.S. Lewis is uh, uh, famous for uh, a book called Mere Christianity. I'm going I'm to take an excerpt of this and read it to you real quick. It goes like this. A man, this is concerning Jesus. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Again, C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. So Jesus considers himself and, and said this in the Bible, that he was one and the same with the Father and thus God. He clearly stated in John 10.30, I and the Father are one. Now, at first glance, one might say that, well, in that quote, Jesus was not really equating himself to God. Yet, it is clear that he was, based on how the Jewish priests reacted afterwards. The Jews answered him saying, we are not stoning you for a good work, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. That's verse 33, John 10. This is just one example of many where Jesus equates himself with God. In John 1, 1, John 1, 14, John 8, 59. That's a big theme in John if you're not catching it. But even the Old Testament prophecies proclaim that Jesus would be God. Isaiah 9, 6, for instance. Because of this, Jesus is considered by Christians to be the second person of the triune God. Jesus is unique in the fullness of God in that he is the one who left the glory of eternity to take on human flesh to fulfill God's plan of redemption. Jesus is not half man and half God, as many might say, but fully God and fully man. Colossians 2.9. Now, these two natures of God, of Christ, are distinct. Yet they are inseparable. We call it the hypostatic union, which means that Jesus was then, is now, and forever will remain both fully God and fully man. Jesus has always been God, but did not become flesh until his birth from the Virgin Mary. This is critical to understanding the gospel. As a man in the flesh, he possessed the physical attributes needed to atone for sin. He could shed blood and he could die. 
physically. As God, Jesus could satisfy the divine judgment. He could live a perfect life in the flesh without sin, which he did, making for the perfect sacrifice required by God. So the the 30 plus years of Jesus's life were lived in perfect obedience to God. The bringing of the good news of salvation, the gospel, dying by crucifixion and atonement for sin, being resurrected to a glorified body and a return to the glory of heaven to assume all power and authority as prophet, priest, and king. The word of God teaches that the only way to be right with God is through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus said that himself. One of his most famous I am statements of the fourth gospel. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. And he promised to return to this world at a time when we would least expect He's going to raise the dead to eternal life, judge all of mankind, and make everything new. Grace and peace to you all. And remember, folks, know what you believe and why.